Well, firstly, I would like to welcome everyone back this morning to the City Builders online service. And it's great to have you with us. Um, this morning, I'm going to be speaking on the Spirit of Truth, part two. And I'm so happy that you are here to, uh, to hear this word. Uh, this morning, as we start, we're just going to uh, agree together in prayer, wherever we are. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for each person that is gathered in their lounge rooms. Uh, Father, I thank you that uh, uh, people are gathered this morning and ready and willing to hear your word and even to be obedient to that word. Father, I thank you. I thank you for this church, the City Builders Church and community, for what you're doing in us. Lord God, that you have established us in the city and the region. And I just thank you, Father, for this word that is going out, even into the nation this morning. Father, I thank you that you're causing things to turn around. Father, for those that are unwell this morning uh, with COVID, I, I just uh, ask, Father, for your protection over their lives and over their health. Father, I pray during this time that you would give our leaders great wisdom. Father, we pray for those that have been affected by isolation and for those that are, uh, uh, have felt the... Uh, the anguish of being isolated and the anguish of uh, perhaps even losing their buildings, their businesses, or even their loved ones. Father, I pray, Lord God, this morning that there'd be like a circle around this region of Gippsland, and we ask that this uh, virus would not be able, be able to enter in in Jesus' name. We pray. Amen. Last week I started the message uh, with a verse from uh, John chapter 14 and uh, it was verse 5 where Thomas asked Jesus, he said, Lord, we do not know where you're going and how we can know the way. And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus made a very powerful claim here. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. As I stand here this morning and deliver this word, I believe that the words that Jesus spoke are exactly how it is. That none of us can come to the Father unless we, this morning, bow our hearts before the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ and, and receive Jesus into our life. And at the end of today's service, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that. This morning, we are talking about the spirit of truth and the incredible need that we have of having a working relationship with the spirit of truth in our life. The spirit of truth is the spirit of God. It is the spirit of God that was called, poured out in the upper room. And, uh, you know, when Jesus went to the cross... Jesus was the Son of God who shed his blood for us and spent three days in the tomb but was raised from the dead and walked amongst his disciples and was witnessed by many and ascended into the heaven. Um, John chapter 1 talks about who this Jesus was and I wanted to read from there this morning. John chapter 1 Verse 1 to 5, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. 
He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not or could not comprehend it. That is John chapter 1, verse 1 to 5. I wanted to read that this morning because it testifies to who Jesus is. That one, he, was, he is the Word, and the Word was with God in heaven, and the Word was God. This morning, the Bible says irrefutably that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And in his own words, he said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life this morning. I also wanted to read on from verse chapter 14 in John chapter 1. And it says, And the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. According to John chapter 1, Jesus was full of grace and truth. I also want to say and, and make this known this morning that God is absolutely love. And uh, later on in the scriptures, that is what, uh, what is said about him. Jesus was God manifested in the flesh. But he was a manifestation of the truth. And when he came into the earth, he was a controversy. And sometimes when we choose to follow the truth and to represent the truth and to represent our God the way that we believe that he should be represented, then we can be like a controversy. Jesus said in John chapter 16 that he must go away, he said it to his disciples, and he would send another helper. And in verse 13, even the spirit of truth, who the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you will know him because he'll be with you and dwell in you. This is the amazing promise that Jesus was putting out there to the church. This morning, this message is a very important one. Uh, we may not realise how important until a little while down the track. Because what we are seeing every day now in the world around us is the erosion and in more recent times even the suppression of truth. What you read in the papers is not always the truth. I don't suggest you don't read the papers, but someone said... If you uh, don't read the papers, don't read the news, you'll be uninformed. But if you do read the papers and do read the news, you will be or risk being uninformed. And this is a symptom and a sign of the times that we're living in. This is a symptom and a sign of national, spiritual and moral decline. And this morning I feel in my heart that I myself and our church and many like us are calling the nation to come back. And we're saying that you need the spirit of truth. And God has made the spirit of truth available as Jesus promised. In Acts chapter 2 verse 39 it says, For the promise of the Holy Spirit is, is not only to you, but it is to all generations and to those who are far off and to as many as our God shall call. 
I wanted to read from Isaiah 59 verse 14 and 15 about the issue of truth this morning. The prophet writes there, and this is in the midst of a national decline, a national moral decline, a decline when the nation had begun to step away from God. We know that God is there and that God blesses the nations. But it is almost predictable that at certain times in history, men and women will begin to drift in their heart from God. And this is what is happening in this situation. Isaiah chapter 59. It says, Justice is turned back and righteousness stands far off. For truth is fallen in the street and equity cannot enter. You know, there comes a time in different societies where it is almost like people become immune from hearing the truth. And it goes on into verse 15 and it says, So truth fails, and he who departs from evil makes himself a prey. In a society that is in decline, there comes a day when those who have a heart for righteousness and those that have a heart for truth and they begin to speak up, it is like they make themselves a prey and they can pay a price. We saw a classic example of this this week where a group of very well qualified doctors, very well qualified, began to challenge the establishment on the treatment or withholding of certain treatments for COVID-19. Concerned doctors following a conference gave their opinion, their qualified opinion, which we should all be able to do. That is the benefit of living in a free world where we have a thing called free speech. Unfortunately, the big tech companies who seem to become the moralists of the day, Facebook, Twitter and YouTube, uh, actively silence those speakers. I have heard since that some have uh, been suspended from their work for speaking out. This should be a great concern to everyone because healthy societies must be able to speak. People must be able to give their opinion. Our Anzacs, those that went before us, fought for freedom. And societies that have free speech are able to mature. How would, can you imagine having a family where people gather around the table and they cannot voice, they cannot discuss, they cannot talk about ideas, they cannot actually talk about what is best practice? That is what our society risks becoming like when we shut down free speech. So this should be a concern. Listen to me this morning. Successful societies can only be built on the truth. And this reality has become the foundation of Western society, in particular the nation that we live in this morning. To build on anything else is plain foolishness. This morning, I want to say this, that your personal life, your business, our church, our family or your family or community needs to be built on truth. If we choose to build some other way, we are choosing a very short-sighted solution. 
We see this reality in the scripture in Luke chapter 6, verse 47 to 49. It says this, Whoever comes to me, these are the words of Jesus, whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, notice it says when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against the house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation against which the stream beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. I believe today we have a choice of how we build. We have a choice as a society how we move, move forward. We have a choice as a church how we go about the future, and whether we'll build on the truth or whether we'll compromise. We have a choice when we're building our family whether we are going to invite Christ, who is the way, the truth and the life, right into the very centre of our being. One of the most amazing documents written regarding nationhood and governance is the United States Declaration of Independence, which right now is being well tested as a constitution. The author was Thomas Jefferson, who penned these words, which comprise the Declaration. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal and that they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. You know, when we have the government we choose and we have an open pathway of dialogue with government where they are hearing and responding, that is healthy government. Where it becomes a one-way street and the governed are no longer really uh, calling the shots, then we potentially are a step away from tyranny. Today we see in the nations a departure from truth and an erosion of the foundations that our society has been built on. And we need to be careful. I want to warn you today that the departure from truth is very subtle and happens in the realm of reason, maybe without us even recognising it in selves. You know, when God created the garden, he uh, created man and woman, he put them in the garden, and there are many trees, but in the midst of the garden there was the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. I reckon this is quite symbolic this morning because those two trees speak of Jesus, the tree of life, being the life of God and the truth of God. And the other one is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which speaks of the humanistic system that man lives out of today. And it is almost prophetic, looking into the future, that Jesus has given us two choices this morning. We can still choose Jesus, 
and we can choose our God. We can choose the truth and we can choose the living God or we can choose to live out of another system. It's the system of the world which is corrupted. So even though we're in the world, we're not of it. We still have access to Jesus this morning. So we need to be careful. When the rules of engagement between God and man were set in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, we see that our adversary, the serpent of old, got involved. The scripture says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field. I'll tell you why he's more cunning. He's been around for a long time. And he is still very real and he's still cunning today. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord had made. And he said to woman, and, and he said to woman, in other words, the serpent said, he said, has God said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Verse 4, it says, then the serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die. You know, the beginning of every departure from truth is when the serpent says, has the Lord truly said? Our lives need to be rooted and established on the foundation of truth this morning. Three important realities we need to acknowledge and accept this morning. Number one, that God is a God of truth. Number two, this morning we have before us as our handbook and our guide, the word of truth. And we need to stay true to the word of truth and guided absolutely by the truths as set out in the word. The scripture says that we need to rightly divide the word of truth. And in Acts chapter 2, it talks about how they studied the apostles' doctrine. Why? Because they wanted to stay in the way of truth. And then we have the spirit of truth. This morning, the spirit of truth is available to us just as it was in the upper room. The Spirit of God is God himself. And the Spirit of God is the Spirit of truth. We must realize that the invasion of the Holy Spirit into the hearts of the disciples in the upper room was an invasion of truth. It was an invasion of the Spirit of truth. Jesus said, go and wait in the upper room until the promise of the Father is poured out. And earlier on he said, I'm going away, but I'm going to leave you the spirit of truth. I really want our people to know this morning that the spirit of truth is none other than the third person of the Trinity. It is God himself. And we cannot live life well and live life in seasons like this without having a working and close relationship with the Spirit of Truth. You know, Thomas asked the question, he said, you know, how can we find the way? And Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth and the life. But here the disciples in the upper room were like Thomas, looking for the way forward, and now God is pouring out his Holy Spirit into the upper room, and that was the birthing of the church. I spoke last week and I brought a few points. Uh, firstly, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will come as the Spirit of truth. 
Number two, he will guide you into all truth. I thank God for this. And this has been the testimony of my life that God has guided me. And I feel today that he is in control of my life. And even in times that are difficult and culturally confusing, God is still there and his spirit will lead us into all truth. So we need that relationship with him. I also spoke to him that he will reveal to us present truth. The present truth is the truth that I need to live out of today. There are certain truths that we can never depart from and we live out of those truths. This is present truth. And then we have progressive truth. You know, it's like, uh, you know, as we get to know the truth, we build, we're able to, you know, build truth upon truth into our lives. He will also reveal the spirit of error. When the spirit of truth comes, he will reveal the spirit of error. I used to work in a bank and count notes. And I always admired the tellers how they would flick through the notes so quickly. I thought I'd love to do that one day. And after a while, I got very good at it. But you also became very good at sensing what was the real. And you know, I didn't come across a lot of uh, counterfeit notes, but I did come across one or two of them in my life. And it was like they had a different texture and they maybe looked a bit different and the paper was different, but it was like you became so familiar with handling the real article that you got quick and you got good at picking up the counterfeit. So when the spirit of truth comes into our life, he will reveal the spirit of error. And we need to understand that there is the spirit of truth, which is the Holy Spirit. And there is the spirit of the world, which is the spirit of error, but can be so forceful and convincing. You know, the scripture warns that there would be a day that even the elect, even those that are chosen by God could be deceived. So we need this morning to understand this. Just for a moment, uh, I wanted to talk about spiritual gifts. They're very important. You know, uh, God is, uh, Jesus has gone into the heavens and he's poured out his spirit and he's given gifts to men. And, you know, there are gifts of leadership in the church that God has put there to lead. And then there are gifts that God has given to, you know, to uh, members, to church members. And these are the gifts of the Spirit that are, so that you are equipped to do the work of ministry. And one of them is the gift of discernment. It's the gift of being able to walk with God in such a way, you know, a daily relationship that you are able to discern what is false from real. So in this world, you can see the obvious work or you can, of the enemy, or you can see where the spirit of error is at work. And I wanted to encourage you because spiritual gifts are important, and I wanted to encourage you to explore those. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1, Paul uh, says to the church, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, especially that you should prophesy. Now, what prophecy is, prophecy comes out of an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit where you know what God is saying regarding your situation, your family's situation, a church's situation or even more. 
This is knowledge that God has given you. And the gift of prophecy is being able to pick up those words and begin to say what God wants says into a certain situation. The gift of prophecy is a beautiful gift because it has the power to change situations. It has the power to dismantle lies and falsehoods that control certain people and control their lives. And it has the power to give life where there is no life. If you read Ezekiel chapter 37, you'll see that. The other gift I wanted to talk about this morning that is so, so important is the gift of discernment, which is spoken about in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10. And it also comes out of a place of intimacy and relationship with the Holy Spirit where we are able to discern a situation. In other words, we can hear a report come to us and we're able to discern what is the truth and what is the lie. This is a gift that is given to the church to help believers navigate their way through times of falsehood. An incredible gift. But if I look around, I, even in this environment, I see a lot of Christians who are not exercising the gift of discernment. I really believe that we need to pray and ask and pursue just like the scripture encourages to in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and 1 Corinthians 14. So truth is the issue this morning and we want to talk about that and I have a couple of points that are very important. Number one, truth is absolute. In other words, it is final and settles all arguments. If it is in his word, it is already established by God. Truth is set by God so that we can build our lives on it. If you look at the parable of the sower in Matthew chapter 16, verse 13, it talks about how the sower came along and this was the seed of the kingdom. But immediately it talks about one type of ground and it talks about how the enemy comes along, the wicked one comes along and snatches away what has been sown into the heart. This is he who received the seed on the wayside. And it, and it shows how the enemy attacks so if you are a custodian of the truth, if you value truth, then the enemy will come and try and steal that out of your heart. And this is the environment that we live in today. So we must love truth and we must want the truth and we must have the spirit of truth and we must draw truth into our heart. So sometimes, you know, when those that speak out the truth forcefully, the attack can be very strong. And I want to say to you this morning, if you are a speaker of truth and there is an attack that comes against you, don't get overly fussed about it. It is a crown that God is giving you. Number two, his truth endures forever. His truth endures forever. In Psalm chapter 100 verse 5, it says that his mercy endures forever. And his truth is like that. His truth cannot be manipulated or changed. I wanted to say this today, there is no such thing as your truth. In this post-truth era, this has been popularised uh, to validate behaviour that is outside the truth of God's word. There's no such thing as your truth, there's only the truth. There is only the word of truth, there is only what God says. If you see your situation that way, 
as being your truth, you have already put yourself in a position that could put your relationship at God, with God at risk. So there are certain truths that I was raised with and they were put into me by my parents. And these were, uh, these were absolute truths that, that were put there and, and I've been able to build my life on that. You know, I find that sometimes when people come, it's almost like you've got to build their life precept by precept on the foundation of truth. The third point about truth this morning is that it is transgenerational and timeless. The truths of the Old Testament lay the foundation for the future. The Feast of Passover, which we celebrated a little while ago, was originally celebrated 3,300 years ago, but it lays the foundation for our relationship and our covenant with Christ today. When one generation becomes the custodian of truth, they are responsible and able to pass it on to the next generation. This is what the scripture says that the promise is to you, to your children, to those who are far off and as many as our God shall call. That is Acts chapter 2 verse 39. In other words, what it means when I receive a certain truth from God, that becomes mine. I become the custodian of that truth. But now that is just not for me. That is for me to pass on. And I, I must hold on to the truth that God has given me in such a way that it is transferable to the next generation. You know, truth is for me and it is for us to build our life on, but it is not just for you. It is for you to hold dearly and to pass on like a baton. Have you ever watched a race where the baton is dropped? I really believe that our, uh, this generation in particular, the one that has come before me, my generation, has failed to pass that baton accurately. Now someone else has got to pick it up and make sure they run the leg, the next leg well, and they pass it on to their children and to those that they are responsible for. Number four, the truth the truth that we are talking about this morning will continually set you free. The truth has the power to dismantle lies. When the word of God, when the word of truth is on my life, it has the power to dismantle the lies in the lives of other people. We need to become a carrier of truth. We need to have the truth on the inside. We need to be able to speak the truth in such a way that it impacts the hearers. This morning, you have the truth. And there is a truth that has set you free that will set other people free. This morning, if you are bound up in some area and you are not breaking through, it is because truth has not been established in that area. Do you know that you can be in church for years and years and years and not know what God has really done for you. Not really know that you're a son of God. Not really fully believe that Jesus has redeemed you. Not fully understand the riches that are, away in, the, that are in the heavenly places that are awaiting you. Not really knowing your spiritual inheritance. This is because the truth has, that truth has not yet been established in our lives. So we need to you know, continually pursue truth so we get freer and freer, stronger and stronger, more and more effective. 
You know, I've found that as I've gone by, God has established different truths in my lives at different times. When I first got saved, I could hardly believe that I was saved. But now it is like after all these years, I know who I am. I know what God has called me to be. I know what God has called me to do and I'm pushing forward because that truth has been built on the inside of me. This morning I want to ask you, are you really free? Are you struggling with your identity? Do you really know who you are? Then come back to God and build that truth. Build that truth into your life. Relate to the spirit of truth. Invite him into your life because he is going to take you further in Jesus' name. So there is a truth that will continually set you free. Jesus says that those who know the truth, they will be set free. Those that know the Son, they will be truly set free. And this is it. Number five this morning. You must continually return to the upper room to receive the spirit of truth. We all must continually return to the upper room. This is, of course, figuratively speaking, because the upper room was 2,000 years ago in Jerusalem. But this morning, we are in Gippsland. And this morning, you are wherever you are. But figuratively speaking, you need to, I need to, our church needs to continually revisit the upper room because that is the place that God pours out his spirit. This is the place that we go on a regular basis to meet God, to fellowship with God. And in the upper room, there is a progressive, ongoing relationship with the Holy Spirit. This has been the greatest source of life to me over the years, to continually go and connect with God. In Acts chapter 4, verse 13, do you know what? I believe this, that you can tell who's been in the upper room and you can tell who's not. And as time goes by, you're going to see the two amongst Christians. In Acts chapter 4, verse 13, it says, Now they saw the boldness of Jesus, and they knew that they had been with him. Isn't that amazing? They knew. And as you go about your life, people are going to see something different about you if you have been regularly revisiting the upper room. Hey, this morning, if anyone wants to join us in our prayer meetings at 7 a.m. in the morning, we call it the upper room, then you are welcome to come and join us via Zoom because that is where each day we're going into the presence of God and to connect with the spirit of truth afresh. Number five, the baptism of the Holy Spirit and infusion of the spirit of truth that happened in the upper room is available to you today. I want to say it again, the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the infusion of the spirit of truth that happened in the upper room is available to you today and it is also critically important. And it is accompanied by radical boldness and an inability of the masses to silence you. God's put something in you for this generation. We need to be able to do what God wants us to do in this generation and not be fearful or intimidated. One of the generals of the faith, Morris Cirillo, passed away in the last couple of weeks. And I watched one of the messages that he preached on the Holy Spirit. He said, not many really demonstrate the true evidence 
of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Well, not many really demonstrate the true evidence of the baptism in the Holy Spirit, which is boldness and its fire and its courage. God wants to restore this to his church. He wants to restore boldness. He wants to restore courage. He wants to restore fire. And, you know, that is available to us this morning. And I'm encouraging the church to come back to the upper room and look for something extra. You know, God has plenty to give, but we need plenty of capacity to receive. How the church needs a fresh encounter with the spirit of truth. This is really what it is all about. I just want to pray for you this morning, firstly, that you would have a fresh encounter and that you would find a real place with him in the upper room as you this week begin to push in and begin to seek him. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this morning and I thank you, Lord God, that you indeed uh, 2,000 years ago poured out the spirit of truth in the upper room and it changed the destiny of those that were present. It birthed a church that began to impact the nations. Father, I thank you this is an amazing time that even now in the midst of the shutdown, you are calling your church in this city and in this region and in the nations back to the upper room. Lord God, I thank you that you're going to pour out your spirit on your church afresh. Even today, as people seek you with an open heart, Lord, you're going to do something. I really believe it in Jesus' name. We give you thanks. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Oh God, we give you praise. This morning, I just want to invite people who have never, ever really invited Jesus to come into your life. And it says in uh, Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, it says, and it's Jesus talking to the church. And he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man opens the door, I'll come in and I'll live with him. I'll dine with him. And this is like an invitation to you this morning. If you would really like to genuinely do that, then I'd like you to, in, uh, to invite you to pray this prayer after me. We do this every Sunday, and to me it's a very special time because 41 years ago I prayed this prayer myself and it really began to turn my life around and I'm so very, very, very thankful for the adventure that it's been following God and walking with him. Just pray after me this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in prayer asking you for the forgiveness of my sins. I confess with my mouth and believe with my heart that Jesus Christ is your son and that he died on the cross at Calvary that I might be forgiven and have eternal life in the kingdom of heaven. Father, I believe that Jesus rose from the dead and I ask you right now to come into my life and be my personal Lord and Saviour. I repent of my sins and will follow you all the days of my life because your word is truth. I confess with my mouth that I am born again and cleansed by the blood of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Once again, I want to thank you for joining us this morning. And uh, 
If you would like to explore more about Christianity or how to really follow Jesus and have a very real relationship with him, then I would invite you to contact us through our website. So God bless you. Have a wonderful day and we'll look forward to having you online again soon. God bless.